I am super excited about this word. It has been working in me for a couple of weeks. The topic or the sermon title for tonight is Speak to Your Mountain. Amen. And so tonight we're going to focus on speaking to our mountain and what that means. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that your word is truth. I thank you, Father, that in this place, Lord, that you are reigning supreme. Father, that you are the Lord of our life, that you're the Lord in this place. And Father, that you, we give you control. I thank you, Father, that the words that I speak give you glory. I thank you, Father, that we have ears to hear what you want to say. Father, let me just be a vessel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so I wish tonight's sermon had been on... uh, Basking in the goodness of God. That would have been such an easier... I mean, because you kind of live what you're going to preach right before you preach it. So living in the lap of the luxury of God, sitting in his hand and relaxing in his goodness and his grace. That would have been a great sermon, God. If God would have given me that one, I would have been like, whoop, whoop. Yeah, let's do that. Let's hang out, God, and I'm going to just... Lavish in your love and just be already. Nope, it's speak to your mountain. And the beginning of it is there will be adversity in this world. Awesome. So uh, today has been the day that speaks to there will be. Ad- I'm just I'm, I'm just being real honest with you. Like today, um, as I was getting like I stayed up really late last night getting ready to preach. And so like I'm cuddling my phone this morning so I don't oversleep and it goes off and you know your day starts and, and you get going and and uh, I, I, I leave the house like always and, and I, I get to school and start off the day with a, a parent-teacher conference awesome so not your normal time you got to sit and talk to a parent and the kids and they're going why am I here I so and you're like okay you know so Started the day with that, and then I got to be observed today, which is what the, when your principal comes in and sits in your class, the whole classroom, and makes sure that you're doing all the things that you're supposed to. So on top of preaching today, uh, I had that, and, and, I, and I couldn't get my computer at home to connect to the Internet, and John was gone, so I had to save it to, his, to my little flash drive. I couldn't put it in Dropbox so I could work on it at school, so I put it on my flash drive, and then I put it on my computer, and all day long, like, on my prep and on my lunch, I'm working on the sermon and getting things in place and all that kind of stuff. And my phone has a battery life of about 28 minutes. And um, so at the end of those 28 minutes, you know, I'd taken the flash drive out because I was typing. And, well, of course, my phone died. So then I plug my phone in and I go to save my document. And because my thing is the thing that the flash drive used to begin is that oh critical error and shuts it down and all the things that i had done today gone praise god (laughs) yay i get to start over awesome (laughs) there will be adversity in this world awesome and so and then my eye had been like hurty and so I called my eye doctor thinking she'd give me the drops she gave me last time I'm like no we really need to see you I'm like 
awesome. And so I'm like, well, I can't come in today if you can't do your job. So I'm like, well, she can't see you till Monday, except for today at 4.15. Yes. I love to go to the eye doctor at 4.15 right before I teach, preach. That's awesome. And it was hippie day today. So I'm in full hippie gear, top to bottom. <laughs> Hibbing, flowers, tie-dyed shirt, stuff. And it's not only, not only do I have to go to the eye doctor, but I have to go, to, she's at a different office in Purdue Memorial Union. Yes! <laughs> so I'm getting ready to go to the eye doctor because last time I let it go, my cornea turned into bubble wrap looking stuff. And they said, don't let it go again. I'm like, okay. So I go to see him. So I go to see the doctor and she, they said, we'll work you in. Awesome. So I get ready to go and think, oh, I'll just prep for my message while I get there. So I sit down at the doctor's office. I left my papers in the car. Yes. <laughs> this is my second one, the one I did the second time because I, you know, that time after school from 2.30 to, good thing I checked because from 2.30 to 4.15, I had time because I didn't have to be at the eye doctor until 4.15. So I'm like, yes, I'll do it right now. So I change everything, get all ready to go, put it on the flash drive, print it, call Sandy and ask her, or uh, call her, and as I'm calling her, my phone dies. So I couldn't leave a message to tell her what I wanted, because my 28 minutes were up. And uh, <laughs> so my phone died again, because I had already recharged it once. And so I, I get to the eye doctor, I've got no papers, got no way to call anybody, so I'm just sitting there. She's a talker. She's got a lady in for me. She's, I love her. She's awesome, but she likes to talk in it. I love that when it's my turn, but when it's, <laughs> so I'm, and after, you know, full hippie gear. So then I think, so she's running over. Now I'm not going to get to wash my hair before church. So you're experiencing my bad hair day as well. And uh can't pull it back because regrowth is so bad, you know, if I pulled it back. <laughs> So then I finally get home, get my phone turned on, and I call Sandy. Sandy, did you get that email? What email? I'm in St. Louis. Of course you are. <laughs> You're going to Joyce Meyer, and you already left. Of course you are. <laughs> I said, well, can you forward the email I, forward, I sent to you to somebody that's here? I don't know. I'll check. She calls me back. It costs to do internet here. Awesome. So I get to church, and I get to church, and I, and I say, Heather, can I forge you this email so that you can print it off so that I can preach tonight? Sure. She prints it off. She goes, brings it back. Oh, well, the thing that I use makes it be a little different. Of course it is. <laughs> it's not going to be anything like what I thought it was going to be. Don't worry about it. That's my day. And uh, <laughs> so then I come out here, and I get ready to preach. We're not done yet. I get, <laughs> I get out here, get ready to preach. And I look down, and I'm like, oh, I probably need to make sure that my pages are in order. I don't have all my pages. <laughs> Half of my pages are somewhere else. <laughs> awesome. So somebody needs this word. So whoever you are, you're welcome. God knows that you need this because all day long I've been fighting for you. <laughs> all day. 
My day should not have been this hard. So anyway, here we go. But this is good. This is endurance training. God's got something for me that's going to, down the road, this is going to seem like a piece of cake walk. It'll be like a cake walk. And I'll be like, yes, thank you, God, for training. Because in the middle of it, even though, lost, you know, any of those, any one of those things before would have freaked me out to not be able to get my message, to not be able to get home, to not be able to, oh, my gosh, I have to go up there with bad hair? I mean, come on. You know, because, but I've, anyway, I'm just saying that there's, this is, this is, this is life. And in the middle of it, God's going to teach you how to have peace. And so let's start. All right, what the Word says in John 16, 33. If you want to turn, it'll be on the screen. And I have it on this piece of paper because I have all my notes. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's awesome. Anyway, John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There is something in you that is more than the world. And it's not, it's not you, it's not what you've done, but it's the power of God that resides on the inside of you. And it says in the beginning that these things I have spoken that you, that in me you may have peace. See, in the middle of all of the tribulations, in the middle of all the trials, in the middle of everything, you can still have peace. I knew that good, bad, or ugly, I was going to get here tonight. And I was going to stand up here and I was going to open my mouth and God was going to fill it whether I had a paper in front of me or not. Because it's not about me. It's about getting God's word out. So I knew in all of that I could have peace because God was doing a work. See, trials are what God uses. God uses your present challenges to strengthen you for your future conquest in life. This is a progressive thing. Wherever you are right now, there is something that you're facing. Wherever you are. And it, 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 I guarantee you that every day that you walk... There's going to be something that you're facing because it says in this world there's tribulation, but he is greater than has overcome the world. And when we walk through these trials and when we walk through these things, we get to grow in who we are in him. Not that it becomes bigger, but we have a better revelation of it. And, and it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 30, 10 13 it says god keeps his promise he will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to overcome now even people who don't know the word they know this scripture god's not apparently god thinks i'm strong apparently you know how many times have you heard that <laughs> god must think i'm super strong but here's the deal it's not about who you are, but if we go back to the other one, it's God in you. I have overcome the world, and that power on the inside of you. So see, the things that you face inside you 
is the power to overcome it. If you're facing it, it says that God will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to overcome. If you're facing it, you have the power to overcome it. Not because of you, but because of what's in you, if you're a child of God. This is exciting stuff. This is going to change the way you see things. Now, I could have looked at all those things today and just got super upset and stomped my foot and said, what? Don't you know what I'm doing? Don't you know what I have to, you know? And, and I even threw that out there a couple times. Yeah, I've got to preach tonight. Nobody even bit. Nobody even said, oh. No, 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 no. It was like, oh, well, then you should probably be floating around here right now. You know, it was like, okay, whatever. We'll try to, you know. But it, it, if you are facing it, you can overcome it. And you have to keep that in mind. This means that you have the ability residing in you to overcome whatever you face. Let's turn to Ephesians 1.19. I'm going to read you all kinds, of, all kinds of different versions of Ephesians 1.19. And it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. So what it is, is his great power in us and for us. Let me read you some of the other uh, versions that I found of this. And they, they gave me a whole list of them. It says, and it's going to say the same thing, but I want you to listen to the way that they describe his power. And pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power and the unlimited greatness of his power toward us who believe? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? And what is surpassing greatness? What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? Did you listen to those describing words? So if we sum it up, Paul said, Paul prayed that you would understand the incredible, the immeasurable, the exceeding, the unlimited, the surpassing greatness of his power. Those are big words. Immeasurable cannot be measured. Unsurpassable can't be surpassed. Unlimited does not run out. Incredible. Those are all amazing words. Toward who? Toward us who believe. In us and through us and for us. His power in us and for us and through us. Why? Because there's trials in this world. But the good news is we have immeasurable, incredible, exceeding greatness, unlimited, unsurpassed power in us and for us who believe. This is an unfair fight. We won. If we look at it, and and we've been talking about this. I mean, all the sermons that have come forth have been talking about being ready to fight. And, you know, I, I I was a little like John. Punch first, ask questions later. You know, it didn't take a whole lot. 
I, I, I understand fighting. I, it's just what we did. <laughs> you know, but I understand that. And I understand being tenacious. And I understand holding on to something. And I understand, I understand that. We have to be ready for that. But this, tonight, we're going to talk about how you do that. Because we don't punch people. But we do war in the Spirit. We do war in the Spirit. So tonight, we're going to talk about warring in the Spirit. How we have to have an understanding of what resides in us. Because once we have an understanding of what resides in us, that's in us, for us, through us, then we have no problem fighting. We have no problem standing. We have no problem backing the devil down. Because we understand what's in us. We understand what's for us. We understand what we're, sta- what we're standing in and on. So this is an unfair fight. Let's look at Luke ten nineteen. If you want to turn there, if you've got your Bible... Luke ten nineteen, and this is a, well, this is a different version. We'll just put it up there. It says, look, and this is, and this is God, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He said a lot of things to them. He told them lots of things, and this was so emphatic that he first began it with, well, my version says, look, with an exclamation point. It says, look, hey, listen. And the rest of it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Say, all the power. All the power of the enemy. And nothing will ever hurt you. See, this is a fight that we've already won, but he was talking to his disciples when he said that. says, I have given you this authority. I have given you the authority that nothing will ever hurt you and given you all power or over all the power of the enemy. You'll never have to lose. 2 Corinthians 2.24. It says, Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always. See, those those aren't conditional words. I have given you all power. You will always win. You will always triumph. Not because of you, but because of the immeasurable, incredible, exceeding greatness, unlimited, unsurpassed power that's toward us. See, this is a heavenly fight. When we think about heavenly fights, a lot of times, you know, it, it, it doesn't exist. And we have to change that mindset. You know, we, we have, there are angels who um, are in this world to fulfill the word of God that we speak. They're warring angels. They're not precious moments. No, for reals. Like, we think of angels as the little things that fly around behind our car and make sure we're safe. These are warring angels that, that are fierce fighters that know how to battle we are sending them out to accomplish God's will and purpose in this world when we speak fierce fighting angels 
not not Timmy's gift, <laughs> not precious moments. They know what they're doing. So um, we have to be willing to go through endurance training for this. Now, endurance training. Endurance training is awesome. It gives you a chance to grow. When, when, when you decide that you're going to get better, God, I, it, that's a good thing, right? When, we, when we're training for something and, you know, you, you can't go out and run 11 miles or 13 miles. Like, oh, we're having a mini next weekend. I asked a lady at school. She's been running a lot. And I haven't, we used to run, and I haven't in a while. And I was like, hey, I want to, you know, start putting some things out in front of me. I think I want to, you know, do a 5K or maybe a 10K sometime soon this fall. And uh, she's like, oh, there's a mini this weekend. I'm like, you were not listening to me. (laughs) I'm getting back into running. (laughs) I run a mini. I want a 5K sometime this fall or maybe a 10K. And she was like, and she's spelled off. And I'm like, no, (laughs) let's try one more time. Because I know that my endurance isn't in that place because I've taken some time off from running. And so I know that the training that has to go into it, I can't go out. I mean, I could. It would not be as much fun. I can't go out and run 13 miles tomorrow. I could finish 13 miles. (laughs) I could not run 13 miles tomorrow. Because I know my endurance isn't there. But when you're training towards something and you're moving toward a goal, you don't walk into the facility and go, why do I have to run six miles today? Six miles seems like a long way. Why can't I just have a normal life where I just have to walk? People who are training for a a marathon don't do that. They know what's in front of them. They know that that that, that endurance is going to cause them to be able to be victorious. And, And God has things in your life that you're going to go through, not that he's the author of them, not that he causes them, but he uses those things in your life to build endurance. Allows your faith to grow. See, in the beginning, when John and I first started Pay attention to our uh, Christian upbringing. That's what we call it after we <laughs> stop being prodigals. We, you know, after we started paying attention to our Christian upbringing and we started doing what God asked us to do, there was, there was a process because we had both seen God be awesome in our parents' life, but we had to learn how to let God be awesome in our life. And, you know, we decided that we were going to start tithing and, you know, I'll, I'll never forget this. We were sitting in a little apartment somewhere in town. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was out, out, that, out that way. What's the name of that street? Creasy? McCarty. Out on McCarty. And we're sitting in there, and, and John is just beside himself because we had just started tithing. He goes, well, I don't see somebody pulling up and put groceries on our doorstep. He's not here. I can talk about him. <laughs> He's like, I don't see anybody doing that. And that, that's where we are. We just give our money. And, we t- and at the very same moment that he is saying, God better come through because we're doing what we're supposed to. You know, he's just 
mighty man of God. <laughs> and, and at the very same moment that he's doing that, you guys remember buy one, get one free stuff? Back when they used to do that store, it was awesome. Buy one, get one free. Someone else was contacting Pastor Pam because she's our mom and saying, Marsha's having a great buy one, get one free sale this week. I want to give all the free stuff to John Elizabeth at the very same moment. But that seemed like very insurmountable at the time. But we had determined to go ahead and tithe and do what we're supposed to do because that's what God said. And in the middle of it, God was faithful. Now, that's, that was a very, very, very big thing to believe for groceries when you don't have groceries. That was a big thing. But in the middle of it, God taught us that he was good. And he taught us that he was great. And God's going to take the things that you are believing for, and he's going to grow your faith. See, if I were still in a place where, like, the things that we're believing for now seem easier than believing for those groceries, even though they're much, much, much bigger, (laughs) much bigger than the groceries, because I've learned of the goodness of God I've gone through the endurance training that says, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I don't have to give this any kind of concern because I've already realized who he is in that place. My endurance is high in that place. I can believe for great big things. And they seem smaller than a bag of groceries. Because I've seen God be good in small places. And it starts, it starts somewhere. Wherever it is, you're de- wherever you are today, it starts in that place. And if you're in this journey, then you're in this journey, and you just get to keep watching God be bigger and bigger and bigger. But you have to, but see, if you won't stand and believe for groceries, or whatever it is you're standing for, if we'd have just said, well, this isn't going to work, and we whipped out a credit card and went to the store and, and bought groceries. And we have that ability. If we would have said, this doesn't work, and stop tithing. If we wouldn't have gone to that place, and we kept having to go through that same mountain over and over again, there would have been something down the road that we were supposed to do that we wouldn't have been ready for. And God would have had to put someone else in that place. You're going... The things that you're going through are, are your stepping stones to what God has in front of you. How many of you want to accomplish what God has for you in your life? Amen. Nobody, I, nobody wants to stand at the, throne of, at the throne of grace at the end of this race and watch God weep over your life because he says, this is where you're supposed to go. This is what I have for you, and, and you wouldn't trust me. This is what I, look at this, and, and, and I'm sure it will be just as sad for him, probably more sad for him, because the things he had in front of you were so awesome, and you couldn't trust him for groceries. See, this, it, it, it's an endurance training thing. You never have to lose. 
James 1, 2 says, count it all joy, my brethren. When you encounter many trials, count it all joy. See, the trials in front of you aren't to beat you down. The trials that are in front of you are to grow. We're all, we're all going to face stuff every single day. We're all going to face stuff. And when we see those adversities and we see those trials as something that give us an opportunity to trust God more, woohoo! See, he's going to teach you in your home. And he's going to teach you in your sphere of influence. And that's going to explode into your ministry. So how do we do this? We do it by speaking with intention. Intentionally speaking. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. And your mouth is hurling stones. <laughs> All the time. Now, they're either hurling stones that are building your future or they're hurling stones that are tearing down your future. They are either building up what you're supposed to be for God or they're tearing down anything, any resemblance of your life or someone else's life. You are hurling stones with your mouth. And you have to decide what you're going to, what are you going to hurl where are you going to hurl them? To the good or to the bad? But, you're, but there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And, and when he gave me this word, it was that um, it, it just resonated on the inside of me because I had a couple opportunities lately where I've got to see this work or I've got to experience speaking to the things in my life and you know in Matthew seventeen twenty, Jesus nor his disciples really asked God for stuff they spoke to it Jesus said take out your hand and it will be clean like the other pick up your bed and walk uh you know see again you know the, the things that he said he didn't say lord if you would please see we think what we the victories that we have are already provided god's already provided those victories and we need to enforce or speak those victories into existence and line up what we're saying with what the word says is already accomplished so we're going to be speaking to our mountain and picking up our sword and swinging it with the intention to kill. Now, think about it. If someone broke into your house, what measure would you take to protect the people who are in it? If they came in with the intention of doing harm to the people who live there, what measure would you take to protect them? Some kid asked me that at school today, so I, I'd kill you. <laughs> you can you break into my house with the intent to do harm. I will kill you because that's the way it works. <laughs> you know that's just the way it works. You know me or my kids, I got no problem with that. But the devil comes in our life every day. 
And sometimes we play around with them. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, you're right. My life's slow. You know, but when he walks in the door, you know he's coming to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And when he comes in your life, when he comes, and, and where does it all start? Where does it happen? In our mind. You know, you, you take a thought. And when it comes, you need to swing your sword with the intent to kill. Not leave him maimed, laying in the corner. How are you guys, oh, probably, I don't know. I used to watch scary movies when I was a teenager. And, and you would watch those scary movies. And those silly little girls, they let the bad guy chase them. And then they, they beat him up. And then they'd run like, no, he's, he's laying down. You know, and the, he's not going to come get me anymore. You know, and they would just like run away. And you're like, what the heck, kill him. I mean, for reals, if you don't kill him, he's going to jump up and chase you again. I never understood that. I would kill him. <laughs> you chased me all day trying to kill me, and now I'm going to kill you. You know, the devil hates you. You need to swing your sword with the intention to kill. Don't leave him lame. Don't leave him just half wounded. Don't leave him in a position where you can come back. Kill him. The word provides the victory. Do what you need to do to protect yourself and your family. You would not hesitate to protect your family. Don't hesitate to protect your family. So tonight, we're going to, uh, well, we'll get there in a second. So exciting. Okay. Now, we have to understand that grace is his power. We think of grace as unmerited favor. But grace is also the power of God. And it says, let's turn to 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. It says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. This is Paul. Three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, this is God talking to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. This was Paul talking to, to God, saying, you know, the, talking about the thorn in his flesh and the things that had happened to him, and he's asking God to take it away. He's asking God to take it away. It says, concerning these things, I pleaded with the Lord three times. And God turns around and says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. After he's in the beginning, it said, I pleaded with God. God said, my grace, my power, my strength is sufficient for you. And after that, he said, I get it. In the places where I'm weak, you are strong. It's your strength. Your grace is your strength. So once we understand that his grace is his strength, then it changes some of the verses that we read in the Bible. Um, like going to the throne of grace. Yes, it is unmerited favor. Yes, it is a place where you can go freely, but it's also a place of power and a place of strength. So um, John said on Sunday that we have a fight to fight. 
But I believe our fight is individual. We have a life to live. And so tonight, I'm asking you, what is your, what fight is God asking you to fight? Because that fight is where you carry the mantle to pull it down from the heavenlies. You carry the mantle for what you're standing for, to reach the lost and the hurt in your home, in your neighborhood, in your city, in your country. You carry the mantle for that fight. And you have the ability to pull that down from the heavenlies, to speak that in your life. That's why John said, what is your fight? Because in the places where it's your fight, that's where you call on the strength of God. That's where you see God good and great in your life. See, you carry the mantle in that place. When it's time to speak, and, and, and normally when it's time to speak, when it's time to, to stand in front of that mountain and say enough is enough, that's when we least feel like it. And I love, I was listening to um, a John Bevere thing, and uh, I loved the quote that he said. It says, when you get fed up with being beat up, the power within you will rise up. When you get fed up of being beat up, the power in you will rise up. See, that, that's what all the beginning of this was for. You have authority. You have power. You have a fight. And when you get to a place that you're done, I'm done. I'm done with this devil. I'm done. Then the power on the inside of you will rise up and you will begin to speak it into existence. Not crazy stuff that you made up, but the word. You begin hurling stones of the truth of the word of God toward your life that bring life. But a lot of times we've got to get fed up. And so we just take it until that point. Why take it? We've already got the victory. Why take it? Why let us, our, ourselves be in a place where we, where we just, oh, yeah, this is just the way life is. There is, there is a destiny for you. It's sitting in front of you. And God is just waiting for you to pass your trials, to go through your test, and to see him great, and to change your opinion about who he is in the middle of it. So that you will begin to speak those things into existence that already are. You will begin to, to speak to the things in front of you, to the mountains. Be removed and be cast into the sea. Not, oh, mountain, if you would please get out of my way because I have things to do for God. Uh, are you serious? Why are you there? I've got things to do. Get up. Get out of the way. God told me to go forward and I'm going forward I am not going around this mountain again out of my way see that's a different mentality God is God is taking me through this God is going with me through this God is my provision 
God is my strength. God is my deliverer. God is my healer. I mean, the song we sang tonight had all the na- had the names of God in it, who he was. I mean, how much more does he have to provide? I mean, he's, pro- he's provided it. We can walk in it. So when you begin to do this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take your faith to a totally different place. And, and um, this is something that I really got the uh, 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 advantage to experience. And, you know, I, I, I pray a lot. But I uh, had an opportunity to pray with someone for a situation. And we went around the room and began to declare what God said. Like putting your hands on the walls, speaking truth calling things into existence. This is what's needed in this place. These are the people that need to accomplish it. This is the purpose for this space. This is the purpose for this. And and begin to just call it out of the heavenlies. Begin to get, I mean, prayed until we got a vision of what that looked like. And once that happened, and once we finished, I am not kidding you. Can't stop thinking about it. Like, it, it, it changes something on the inside of you when you get a vision of what God sees. When you stay in that place, when you, when you speak truth until you get a vision of what God sees. And you speak it and you call it forth and you bring it down from the heavenlies. When you see it, when you see what God sees, it won't leave you alone. It just grabs hold of you, and you won't. I mean, every time you think about it, it changes the way you think. Every time you think about it, like, I don't even have to worry about, like, crazy thoughts coming in because I'm so inundated with the vision that God gave me. It, It just consumed every part of my brain about that place. I mean, like, consumed it, like, a way that I've never experienced before. So when you speak to it, when you give it life, when you get a vision for what it is you're believing for, like a real vision, like this, like God, I am staying here in this place and I am speaking to that until you tell me to stop. And I am not going to back down and I am not going to, I, I refuse to leave this alone. I refuse to walk away until this is dead. I am swinging my sword to kill. Because I don't want to come back to this place again. That changes the way you see it. That changes the vision of what you have. And there are areas in our life where we've just been okay. That God wants wants us to rise up and begin to speak to that thing begin to see the victory that he has for us in this world, in our lives, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our church. There are things that he wants us to grab hold of and to chase after, but we have to speak to it. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at VictoryLafayette.com.
www.jesusloves.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.